You're listening to the Gold Standard Podcast. I'm your host, three-time Olympian and motivational speaker, Leah Amico. On this show, we're going to dig deep to unlock what it actually takes to build a foundation for greatness. If you're an ambitious person with big vision, but you feel like fear is holding you back, get ready for some major breakthroughs. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Gold Standard Podcast. I'm Leah Amico, and we are sponsored by Major Media League. And I am so excited to be joined by my Olympic teammate, two-time Olympic gold medalist, Dot Richardson. She is a superstar. I'm so excited to have you on today, Dot. But let me share with our guests just a few of your accolades since you are Miss Everything. Dot Richardson is a an orthopedic surgeon, a two-time Olympic gold medalist, like I mentioned. She hit the winning home run to bring home the first gold medal in Olympic history for softball. I was very excited and cheering the loudest. Woo, remember um, that, Leah? <laughs> best moment, best moment. Um, she became the youngest player ever to land a spot on a women's major team. She was joined the Orlando Rebels at age 13. Insane, dot only you. Um, she was she played at UCLA. She was a three-time All-American, National Softball Hall of Fame honoree. Uh, she's done it all. She won uh, the national championship at the 1983 All-University Athlete Award with Jackie Joyner Kersey. Obviously, track superstar that everybody knows. She was a superstar. Yes, (laughs) for sure. She was the NCAA athlete of the decades in the 1980s. She played women's major ball for 21 years. She had a national title, three national tournament MVP awards, six outstanding defensive player awards, has seven gold medals with Team USA um, in international competition. Just absolutely um, one of the best ever. I was very fortunate, like I said, to be one of the youngest athletes on Team USA in the 96 Olympics. And Dot was um, our veteran leader who I absolutely learned so much from. Um, Also, I just want to uh, share a couple other things that Dot has done. She was the executive director and medical director of the National Training Center until 2012. She is currently the head coach at Liberty University. She took that job in July of 2013. And and Dot, I'm just amazed. And I I can't wait to hear a little bit about your journey, but she took uh, a team that was 11 and 46 her first season. And only in a couple years, she turned it around, has finished first in Big South, um, won the Big South Conference Tournament. She has had over 40 wins in multiple seasons now and truly has transformed this program and, and put them on the map and made them one of the top you know, 25 teams in the country. And so welcome to the show, Dot. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Leah, I'm so excited to be on it and thinking about, remember the memories? You were so young back then. <laughs> Look at you. Uh, yes, very young and immature. And I was very thankful to play with teammates. Like and look at your own podcast. I mean, come on, that's amazing. Well, we're excited to be able to feature Olympic athletes and to hear their stories because um, this is all about the gold standard. And when I joined Team USA, I, I truly you know, I was a baby in, in some ways, right. In college thinking I'm so old, but then I saw you and the others had this standard of excellence. Like the key and the goal was gold. There was no plan B. Right. And so right. I want you to share just some of that wisdom with us today, because mm-hmm. you've carried that into your medical career, into your coaching career now, into these ranks that you have. And, um, I'm so excited for everybody to hear from you. So 
first let's go back a little bit, um, kind of to that journey that took you to the Olympic games, because when I played with you, you were 34 years old, um, in the Olympics in 1996. And so Mm -hmm. you essentially had represented the United States for so many years, but you were waiting for that opportunity to get to the Olympic games. And finally softball was added in 96. So take me on that journey. Well, I think it really, I know it actually started when I was a little girl that I, I knew God give, gave me gifts in athletics. I knew it because I loved it so much and actually was pretty good at it, right? Like the boys after school would pick me first in their pickup games, but I could never play organized sports because I'm a girl. And I know it sounds so weird now, but back then that was a big thing. So when you have been denied an opportunity, when you finally get it, man, you are holding on to it and seizing it and cherishing it and have a passion for it. Mm. And that's where it all began. You know, imagine you're doing, you have unbelievable gifts and talents and you love something, but you're denied the opportunity to express those gifts. That to me is the ultimate frustration. And in our lives, we're going to have frustrations. We're going to have trials and tribulations. God even told us, right? Jesus said, you know, you, you actually are going to have trials and tribulations in your life, but you should embrace them. Why? Because one, it's going to make you depend on him more and to trust him more and to realize that I need to learn and grow through these trials. And for me, as a young girl, it was perfectly clear. When I have the opportunity, I am never going to look back. I'm going to seize it and I'm going to live it and dream, right? I mean, it was all a dream, but it became a reality because one day when I had to disguise myself as a, a boy in order to play Little League, and I said to the coach, sir, thank you, but no thank you. If I have to hide who I am, I, I just don't feel it's right. Mm-hmm. The reward I got, so to speak, is 30 minutes later, um, I, there was a softball coach who asked me if I wanted to play on her fast pitch softball team. And I became a member of the Union Park Jets. I'm 10 years old, and the average age of the team was 22. And then you look at two and a half years later, I'm 13 and I'm an Orlando rebel, as you mentioned, the youngest player ever to play women's major ball. Um, And the average age of that team was probably 26, right? 25, 26. And these were the legends, you guys, like in baseball, they were like Mm. considered the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Dodgers. I mean, the best of the best. And I mean, I'm just seizing the moments. In high school, I played volleyball, basketball, softball, track and field, and tennis. And I loved them all. I was high school All-American in volleyball, believe it or not. But I was playing in the summer with the Orlando Rebels, women's major level, and just loving it. And so all the other sports were in the Olympics, but Mm. not softball yet. And so what I did is I, I decided, as you talk about goals, you know, I'm like, all right, what do I want to do with my life and with the you know, with the, um, just the opportunities and talent that I have in passion. And so I'd always set it in four year increments kind of, you know, ironically, right. Cause that's college four years, the Olympics four years. Um, and I knew that my dream of being an Olympian would never happen because mm-hmm. I just, as you mentioned, was getting older and, you know, in my career, I saw the first scholarships ever to be given. Mm-hmm. I saw the first white cleats ever to be worn in our sport. I saw the last wooden bat in 1975 ever to be used in our bat of fast pit softball. But I loved all sports, but there was no Olympics going to happen for me, right? And so my pursuit of being a physician, again, as a woman, can I be a physician? 
And I was like, I'm just going to go for it. And next thing you know, I'm in medical school at the University of Louisville. And I knew I would not um, achieve that dream of being an Olympian, but I was going to help the next generation. So I did instructional videotapes, you know, how to throw and how to feel the ball and, you know, how to hit. And this was something that had not been done, you know, previously at that, that time, there wasn't a lot of instructional videotapes. And that was my way to give back to the sport Mm -hmm. because I knew being a doctor, everyone said your life is over. Right. So here I am in medical school. And next thing you know, when you look at the um, Barcelona games, you remember that Leah, like we thought softball would be in the Barcelona Olympics, but they weren't. So then I knew it was never going to happen for me, but I still kept playing women's majors because I love it. So for everyone listening, what do you love to do? You know, what, what do you do that you feel God's pleasure doing? What is it? Is it academics, right? Is it athletics? Is it just running businesses? Is it being the best mom you could be, the best dad you could be, the best friend you could be? What is it like solving problems? What is it that you love to do? You know, that God's giving you a gift doing and you feel his pleasure doing it. And for me, it was always athletics and the pursuit of being of excellence, right? Right. Like how do you glorify God? It's, it's like using his gifts you've given you, you know, given you to the fullest. Right. Um, so people see him and what you're doing. And so for me, it was just, I'm going to be the best I can be in the classroom, on the field, whatever it might be, that pursuit of excellence, because I was denied opportunity. Never again. I'm just going to break down walls. If I have to, I'm going to climb over them. I'm going to dig under them, whatever it is to make it happen. And I get to medical school. So what, what caused you to make that transition? Like, where did that come in of like, again, as a young, young, you know, woman, like you said, young girl, you knew like, I love sports. Right. And so where did that shift come in? What kind of, you know, inspired that? Well, I had been injured a couple of times in my career and I met orthopedic surgeons Mm. who specialize in sports medicine. And I just said, this is the dream. I thought of first being an athletic trainer and I pursued that my first year in college. And then I realized I wanted a little more. So I thought about physical therapy and then I said, nope, I'm going for it. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to go to be a doctor. And uh, when I graduated from UCLA, the only job I could get and see, God has a sense of humor. Like the only job I could get was delivering pizza. <laughs> yeah. Serious. I saw, So I bet you were like the best pizza delivery person. I was, I'm telling you, I got a $20 tip once. Are you kidding me? <laughs> right. I said, you sure you don't want change? And he's like, no, go, I'm starving. And I'm like, all right, thank you. Um, Back in the day, too, that was that, that was huge. Thing. That's like a hundred dollar bill right now, right? <laughs> and I'm like, wow. But um, the thing that happened was that I I was counting my tips one night, and my mom comes into my room, and I just see God speaks to us if we listen, right? I mean, just I looked at her and said, you know, it's been a month that I could have had of medical school. You know, a month I could have been done with a part of medical school, right? And yeah. but everyone said, "Oh, it takes too long," and "Oh, your your life is over." And it just hit me: delivering pizza was the way the Lord spoke to me to realize time does not stand still. Yes, it doesn't. So, what are we doing with our lives? What difference do we want to make in the world? And I want to say, what positive difference do we want to make in the world? And I just felt that calling in my life. And I want to encourage everyone listening to your podcast. We all have a calling. Mm-hmm. And that calling is to impact the lives of others, to let them see Christ in us, 
to, to love others as you would love yourself, treat others the way you want to be treated. And for me, I wanted to prove that it can be done and I'm going to do it. So the future young girls will never have to say, thank you, but no, thank you. You know, like they have the courage to say, thank you, but no, thank you. I don't have to hide who I am. Mm-hmm. Like God made me this way for a reason. And I'm going to glorify him by doing what's right in his eyes. And so there you go. Next thing you know, my pursuit of medicine. And, and I think like, you know, athletes like myself, I came up in this time where there were women like you that had broken down those barriers who opened so many doors. So we didn't feel necessarily that same, you know, um, pushback and, and not having many opportunities. I know it just continued to get bigger and bigger. Now it's just a whole different world, right? We just see these young athletes of today and what their, you know, what opportunities lie before them. It's absolutely amazing. But, you know, looking back, you know, I, I think of people like you, but in a sense, in some ways, I think you're able to appreciate it that much more, you know, and, and like you said, just even stepping on the field in that Olympic games, tell me, tell me a little bit about that. Because again, there was a dream that you had to tell everybody about this dream. Oh my gosh. What, you know, I'm a dreamer, right? I mean, we've talked about that through the years, but when I saw my, the first Olympics ever on TV in 1968, right. Um, I saw a pole vaulter go over a bar and when he landed on the mat, right. The momentum took him up and he looked up and saw the bar hadn't fallen and his arms went up in the air because he realized he'd captured the Olympic gold medal and the cameras are scanning everyone in the Coliseum. And they're like, you know, cheering USA, USA. And that night I went to bed and I had a dream. I was standing there, for, I was standing there on a gold medal podium in my dream. And I bent down and an Olympic gold medal was put around my neck. And I mean, I was like, what, seven years old. And this dream was with me. I never forgot it. It was always with me. And every time I played for the United States of America from the first time in 1979 at the first ever Pan American Games, we got a Pan American gold medal. And when I bent up, as grateful and humbled as I was, I always thought about that dream. I thought it was Olympic gold. And as I shared with you guys, it was like, I thought I'd never be an Olympian. It just, you know, I didn't think it would happen, but God had plans, right? And so when when I when we were named, what was it, September 5th of 1995, right? To the first ever Olympic softball team, Leah, right? It was like overwhelming. It was like, there's so many of us, we looked and saw other women deserving of the opportunity, but never given it, right? And we were there chosen to represent not only them, but all who'd ever dreamt of it. And yet open the doors for all in the future that would become a part of it, right? It's overwhelming. But it also, I knew that, wait, I'm going to live this dream. And then then I had three other dreams and I never shared them with anyone. Okay. Except this one reporter who asked me if I've ever dreamt of the Olympics. So I I had to be honest with him. I said, don't tell a soul. You can't tell anyone. It may not happen. But I saw myself hit a home run over dead center field fence. The second dream, I saw myself hit a home run over the right field, you know, fence. And the third, I saw all of us standing on the Olympic gold podium receiving Olympic gold medals all around our necks, right? I mean, I had these dreams that were so vivid, right? They're right there. And when I walked into with, you know, you remember what it was like in the opening ceremonies, like what's Olympic? Olympic is the moment when Martin Martin Luther King was put on the scoreboard. 
Mm. And he started saying, I have a dream. And we all felt that there was silence and peace throughout the world. Like you could hear a pin drop. And what's Olympic is when everyone for that moment, right? We're so focused on recognizing that we all are so special, right? It's not just as athletes, but we all have the opportunity, right? To, to be Olympic, right? The spirit of competition, the spirit of togetherness, the spirit of sportsmanship. Uh, it was just so, I'm getting goosebumps, right? Yes. Oh my gosh, Leah, is like so <laughs> awesome, right? And we got on the field and, and then it just clicked. You know it, we were born to play the game, right? It just yes. clicked. And I even asked you, I asked Sheila, I was with Sheila Dowdy just this afternoon. And I was like, okay, what was it like when I got up to bat? See, I was the leadoff batter, you guys, right? And I had always had the feeling like everyone was like, well, if Doc can do it, I can do it, right? That was my rule, <laughs> right? Well, if Doc can get a hit, then I can get a hit. If Doc can get on, we're going to get on. Um, but I wonder what it was like, Leah. What was it like, you know, when I got up there for the first American right to 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 be in the batter's box for the olympics i mean do you remember that i i just think it was just this reality like this is really happening like this you know (laughs) this is really really taking place like i need to pinch myself i can't i can't believe we're really here and just we had done that tour around the entire united states and just seeing so many little girls looking up to us and getting autographs from us and us thinking okay we're going out there for them and like you said everybody that came before us as well and everybody else that's not able to be on this team well, the it, the weird thing too for me was, everyone's like, wait a minute, I thought you were a doctor. Well, I'm ready to turn in my match list to find out where I'd be for the next five years of my life. Wow. That was the day we knew softball would be in the Olympics for the first time in Olympic history. In what? Wow. Three years later. Yeah. And then I was like, I almost didn't want to let go of the paper. You know, I was like, wait a minute, do I pursue this childhood dream of the Olympics? But to get into orthopedic surgery, it's not easy to get in that residency program. And so I match at USC in Southern California, one of the largest orthopedic residency programs in the country. And when I was there, I secretively tried out for the Olympic team, right? And then I became the centerfold of Sports Illustrated, right? <laughs> We're at the tryouts in St. Louis. I got a ground ball. I threw it to first base and they took the photo. And I became the centerfold of Sports Illustrated. And now I know that guys love to read Sports Illustrated because <laughs> the secret was out. So then my, my chairman, Dr. Pat Zakis, called me in the office. And I know I'm in trouble, right? And he goes, well, the board has decided to give you a one-year leave of absence to go for your childhood dream of Olympic gold. And I was like, how do you know it's my childhood dream? And then I found out it was Sports Illustrated article, you know, that had mentioned it. Um, and that's when we made it. And the rest was we were just training together, as you said, throughout the country. And here we are in the Olympic arena and I'm up to bat. And I knew my dream was to hit a home run. Mm. But I can tell you guys, like, we think we set our goals and we have these plans. But God's plans are so much bigger than we could possibly imagine. Really, like... So it happened the way it should have happened. Instead, I got up, I got a base hit up the middle. Julie Smith butted me over. Lisa Fernandez is up, hits the ball to right field. I round third and score the first run in Olympic mm-hmm. history. The way it should have happened, teamwork, right? Yes. Teamwork. That's and, and what I love about softball, even surgery, right? You have your individual moment, but it's more because of collectively, it's for the ultimate greatness of the team, right? The team, 
to be able to lift others up and empower others and inspire others. And that's what it was about. And that moment needed to be about that. But sometimes we have those individual moments and my fourth at bat, like you mentioned, I mean, and I hit the home run over dead center field fence, the first home run in Olympic history. And come on, Leah, whoever would have thought it would have been me. (laughs) I I know. Yeah. Not that you couldn't, but you were just known as making, you know, being, being the spark and, you know, and getting things going and hitting the ball in the gap and, you know, coming up with big hits, but yes, the, the long ball, I mean, that was, and I just think it was pure adrenaline from waiting for this moment (laughs) for 34 years of your life. It was like, but I mean, I'm rounding the bases. And when I saw go over a dead center field fence, that was my first dream. And my arms went up in the air and Leah, everyone said, Dot, you should have done an underarm deodorant commercial because your arms were in the air so much, right? But what I was doing was reaching out to everybody, you know, because I, my whole thought was, God, I wish everyone could feel what I was feeling at least once in their lifetime. Yeah. And it wasn't about hitting a home run. It was about dreaming so big when everyone around you thinks it's impossible, it could never happen. And you believe and you even dream about it and it happens. I mean, come on. It was like amazing. And I, I just, you mentioned the gold medal game and, and how the home run happened and, mm-hmm. you know, but it really was the ultimate was the third dream becoming a reality. And that was all of us standing on the Olympic gold medal podium. And Leah, when that Olympic gold medal was put around my neck and I bent up, the first thought was, I lived the dream I had as a seven-year-old girl. Mm. And you're talking 20, God, 27 years later. It's it's amazing. And, and I love that story. And I think it's so important. Um, when you mentioned the whole, you know, pizza, doing pizza, right? And delivering pizza. Yeah. And I, I think, and it's not that delivering pizza is a bad thing, right? It's more that you had a calling and you knew in your heart that that, you know, for some people, obviously that's one step right in the process and whatever that is. But the, the, the other, I think importance is what you were saying, God was speaking to your heart. Here's where you're supposed to be. You're not, you're right now. That is not where I have you. So you can choose to step up and go after what I'm calling you to, or you can stay back. And, and then through that, each step of the process, I think it's also important to point out, um, you had this dream for so long in softball. So you kept following this passion of yours, but like you said, you knew something else has to pay the bills eventually, right? You have to find this career. And so that's when, you know, like you said, because it made sense and you had been helped by people in the medical profession, you know, now you started going this other route and for everybody that doesn't know that was known as Dr. Dot on our tour. I mean, she was the one doing so many media appearances on our behalf. And obviously everybody can see the energy you bring and the positivity and just, that's how you played. That's how you lived. That's how you competed. And it really um, is contagious. You know, it impacts people to this day. I just love our conversations, um, you know, and, and so let's, let's transition a little bit. I want to, I want to get into, you know, this, this podcast is called the gold standard. Um, and for us as Olympians, Mm -hmm winning gold, everything was about living out the gold standard and everything we did. So when you think about the gold standard, what comes to your mind? Excellence. Yes. Uh, passion, commitment, dedication, uh, the pursuit of the big dream. When everyone around you might not support you or think it's possible, you never stop believing. The gold standard is you are not going to settle for anything less than your best. Yeah. And, and I think just that alone, right. It, we don't, we don't know the outcome. Nobody's guaranteed anything. There's going to be different challenges that come along the way. And we're going to talk about that as well, but ultimately it's about 
giving everything you have, trying your best, working your hardest, surrounding yourself with the right people, right? And keeping your eye on the prize, right? Like, and like Mm -hmm. you said, in those moments that you start to doubt, wait, why am I doing this? What are the things that infuse passion? Where is my belief set, right? And all of that. Okay, so gold, the gold standard is an acronym. So goals, you talked about that. You talked about this dream and dreaming bigger than you even, you know, thought was possible. What would you tell people, um, that, you know, maybe think, well, I have these plans, but I'm not sure how to get there. And, and a lot of times people just think they give up before they even get started. What is the importance when it comes to goal setting? One is you need to realize what motivates you. Like, here's the thing I did motivational speaking, but I know that I can't motivate somebody. They can allow me in, but they have the power within them, right. To motive, motivate themselves. Um, you know, Ephesians 3, 2021 is the Holy Spirit and those of us believing in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, right? That that Holy Spirit gives us power, right? A communication to realize that, wow, I, I'm I'm learning from these mistakes that are guiding me in a way that I have to trust. So trust the gifts that you've been given. Realize that it never feels like sacrifice, Yes. right? Like it's not a sacrifice. Like Through the years, I've had friends that say, oh, come on, why don't you want to go out and party and do this? Why are you always practicing or playing games? Or, But to me, it was fun. Like, I would rather do that, right? I'd rather be practicing and playing games and and, and just dreaming about it. And just, I mean, so my question to those that are listening is like, to set a goal, you really have to say, what motivates me? Like, what do I want to do with my life? But wait a minute, I don't know, but I believe you do. Like everybody has been given a gift and what is that talent? And if you realize what it is, you feel so alive doing it. And you might think it's so mundane, right? Like I can I can't support myself doing this. But God provides a way. Like it's all these stories of someone if they're an artist, right? Or someone who just loves to do sketches or writes a book or journaling or whatever it might be. If it's your passion, it's going to find a way to be expressed. And that's why the whole story with me being denied opportunity, I would not compromise of who I am and neither should you. So you are who you are, right? In your gifts, when that pursuit is of, um, you know, the, the something that it just is so alive in you. I don't know how to explain it. And even when there's doubters, you know, you just yourself keep believing. Yeah, I I think so. I, that's exactly it. Like you believe so much. And, and so when that outside beliefs comes from your teammates or your coaches, it's added to what you already have. Like people cannot believe for you. And that is tied into the goal that is tied into the vision. Like we saw ourselves on that podium long before we ever made it there. That is what pushed us each and every day because we saw ourselves. We knew we had the belief that it was possible individually. We had to do our job, but then it was as a team, we had to come together. And then we also had the coaches that led us. And so there's different you know, aspects that all go into that. And so, um, you know, and, and you don't even realize just the power sometimes of your words to when you have that belief, other people think I want that too. What, you know, like you sharing that right now, I just know our listeners are going to be so encouraged and maybe reminded sometimes, um, you know, I've come across people and I share something and it's almost like that little reminder is, is, is don't give up on that dream. Like you're saying. The gold standard podcast is brought to you by major media league. 
Major Media League is a revolutionary competitive app launching in June 2022. This app gives softball athletes a platform to showcase their skills by participating in challenges and having the chance to win prizes and scholarships. This is also an opportunity to promote your own talent. For all the athletes out there, it's free to join. So go sign up today at www.majormedialeague.com. The link is also in the show notes. You'll be notified when the Major Media League app launches. So get prepared for the unbelievable opportunity that lies ahead to grow your brand as an athlete. Now let's go and transition a little bit because I, I really think it's so important for people to realize, and this is a lot of stories that we hear of some of the most successful people. It's all about how they dealt with failure, right? Because everybody's going to face challenges. So O stands for overcoming obstacles. And you used those doubters to motivate you. You used it to propel you, to push you forward. Um, so Talk a little bit about, you know, were there any other challenges, maybe even challenges, like you said, as a woman in the medical field, but you were like, I'm breaking down this barrier. Um, you know, what were those obstacles and how can you encourage people to overcome obstacles that they face? Well, in medicine, I remember in 10th grade, uh, one of the girls next to me at our table in, you know, anatomy class, she said, I'm going to be a doctor. And I was like, like women can be doctors. Like, man, maybe I want to be a doctor. Right. I was like, I, I'm going to think about being a doctor. So it takes somebody to break those barriers down or even to mention it. Right. Yeah. I remember watching Billie Jean King when she was challenged by Bobby Riggs, right. In, in a tennis match, they said the battle of the sexes. And I'm like, please, Lord, let Billie Jean King win, please, please, please. So I can play. <laughs> right. But, um, you know, the obstacles was one, I think the obstacles are in your mind. Like, mm. you know, the doubts, like, can I really do that? Like, you think I'm going to have the opportunity to do that? And what you have to do is say, I'm going to pursue it. Yeah. Like, no matter what, if the door closes, I'm going to find a way. But if the door does really close and I feel it's closed, there's another one that's going to be opened that leads me down the right path, right, of where I, I'm meant to be. But you have to have that belief, right, and that faith in it. Um, other obstacles, I mean, I was 10 years old. And my parents had to say yes. I could play on a women's team, the average age of 22, right? <laughs> I never thought about it, but I would look at 10 year olds now and I go to mom and I'm like, did I ever play like that? She goes, no, you never played like that, <laughs> right? I mean, so for parents that are listening, do you recognize your children, like the gifts they have? And do you mm -hmm. trust it enough to allow them to have the freedom to express it? Even though it may not make sense to you, my parents were like, I can't believe we allowed that to happen. You know, you're 13 traveling in a motorhome all over the country, you know, playing softball. Um, but they believed, right? So surround yourself with people that support you, right? Another obstacle, um, I think one was, like you said, doubters. Uh, you know, I, I can't tell you the battles that other made, others made for me to receive certain awards, like mm -hmm. outstanding athletes not female athlete, but outstanding athlete. I remember in ninth grade, I got the most outstanding athlete award never given to a girl before. And it upset and rocked the world wow. of these parents and their sons. I mean, it was like, so I'm standing, you know, I'm sitting in before me at the banquet. I've got the most valuable volleyball, basketball, softball, track and field. And then they gave me this huge trophy Right. First time ever to be given to a girl. You know, I was like, 
you know, and I never played for recognition. You know, I, we play for just that, that feeling alive and passion, right. Living the dream. Um, and then the same thing happened to me in 12th grade. It's unbelievable. I mean, I never thought about it. Have an awards banquet. And one of the phys, uh, physical education teachers comes and says, we're fighting for you. And I'm like, okay, what, what happened? They're like, you deserve this award. So they gave a outstanding female and male athlete senior award, you know, but I can go on and on with those different things. Um, but the other obstacles, you know, you look at, like I said, that, you know, is it really going to take my life away and no guy's going to want to marry me because I'm a doctor and he's going to think I'm smarter than him or, you know what I mean? Like all those yes. things. Um, and, and now Dot has been married for 20 years to Bob Pinto. We're good friends. Oh, yes. So yes, sir. That, is, Very that did so- not happen to her. She's, she's broken down all the barriers. <laughs> well, and softball brought us together, you know, I mean, yes. God is good. I mean, God is like amazing. It's like, um, and very supportive, you know, um, you know, and other obstacles I'm in medical school and the first major step, uh, test you have to take, I failed it by one point. And I was like, they said, Oh, just take it over in a couple months, you know? And I was like, no, I, I, I believe I need to take a year of medical school over. Mm-hmm. And I felt that just, I just felt it. They go, what? And I said, yeah, not only was it a financial commitment, but it's a time commitment. But with the time I had off, you know, and pursuing my master's and um, I just said, I need to do this. And it's so funny when you now talk about microbiology, you know, whether it's COVID or others, I'm like, you know, I mean, I've had two years of it. You're right. So, um, but anyway, the point was, that decision impacted my life. And I can't tell you how many different ways, but I, I faced the failure. I failed. And what has to happen? I've got to study more. I have to prepare more. I have to, you know, take it, you know, even more serious. And, and I didn't feel like a failure. I mean, yes, I failed, but I was like, that doesn't define me, (laughs) right? Failing a test is not defining me, meaning I'm a loser, you know? Um, So that was a big obstacle. And I did it and it actually moved everything else in line with how I could compete for two Olympics. It's crazy, right? It's like, you know, and I, that was not the intention, um, but you know, that that's another one. And uh, there was a point too, that came up for the 2000 Olympics. I'm in my residency program and um, I had not been on the national team for a couple of years after the 96 Olympics. And this was really my last opportunity to go for the second Olympics and I hadn't planned for it, but I wanted to go out on my terms, right? I'm like, I want to go out on my terms. Well, when I was supposed to get on the plane to fly to San Diego, right? Chola Vista in order to, to try out for the Olympic team. Uh, one of my patients, uh, you know, had coded and we brought him back and I mean, it was, we had to take care of him. So I missed my flight. So when that happened, I'm like, okay, maybe the Lord is saying, forget about softball. That's it forget about another Olympics, focus on medicine, it's over, right? But instead I was like, okay, Lord, I'm giving it to you. I can drive. One of my colleagues like, you know, it's only a two hour drive, right? So, but I hadn't slept in 36 hours, but I'm like, okay, I'm going to get in the car. And I said, Lord, if I feel really tired, I'm going to pull aside to get a nap and then come back. But if I don't, you got me. And this is where you want me to be. So I didn't get tired. I pulled into a parking lot at the hotel and you guys in the van pulled up and 
and here I am in my scrubs and changing the car, jump in the van, they close the door and we're, we're trying out, you know, so life isn't easy. Life is tough, you know, but wow. there, there comes a point with the obstacles is all about life. I mean, we've got in the world, there's worldly temptations, there's temptations of the flesh mm-hmm. and there's demonic temptations, you know? So I just pray that everyone answers the biggest question of all. And that is, do you believe in God or not? And when you look at the design in the world, you know, there's a designer and I challenge you because boy, that's the biggest decision we have to make. And that should be the gold standard in our lives, right? Are we honoring God? Um, So take the L out. That's what you got, Leah. (laughs) That's right. God's standard and the gold standard. (laughs) Yes. And I love what you said about um, just the doubt. I think of doubt, discouragement, division, all these things that threaten to derail us and really just take take, take us off the course um, that God has laid out before us and the passions he's placed inside of us. And, um, and, you know, a lot of times we think of things that happen outside of our control, but there's also a lot that happens within our control and that's our mindset. And that's how we view things and the perspective we choose to have and how just tough we are and willing to, you know, work through the challenges. Okay. So L is the leadership piece and you are the head coach of Liberty and you have absolutely transformed that program. You've obviously recruited athletes that you see that can make up the best team that you can put on the field. Um, what's the most important trait that you've seen as a leader at, in this role? Cause again, you were a leader on the Olympic team and you've had leaders in your life, but for you now as a college division one coach, um, what is the, the key trait that you find that is needed for what you're doing? The key trait is without a doubt, servant hearts, certain servant leadership. And the example is Jesus Christ himself. If um, our Lord and savior can come to earth and serve others to wash feet of others. um, And I think we can do the same. So I am humbled to have the huge responsibility of coaching at Liberty University. Um, you know, Liberty University is stands proud in training champions for Christ. Yeah. And when I thought I was going to be in politics and I gave it to the Lord, the next day I got a phone call from the largest Christian university in the world. Uh, I knew it was him saying, here is your calling now. And this is what you need to do. I don't focus on winning or losing. I focus on how can I help each young lady that is brought to me in the sport of softball at Liberty to be grow closer to the Lord and to trust their talents that he's given them more and to stand strong in a world that is going to want to tear them down. Mm. Uh, You and I know that we've been at the top level for a long time in the game and people want you to fail, right? They want to come after you. They come all, you know, and the beauty is when you can stand strong in your, your courage and encouragement to say, bring it on. We are ready, right? And we have to train our young women and young men to stand strong in Christ, where when the world is coming after them and Satan's coming after them, they can stand strong in knowing whose they are, right? In Jesus and who he says they are, and not what the world wants to do, which is to pull you down in fear and doubt and disbelief. And I mean, what these kids go through, Leah, the, the, the cutting that they do, the suicidal thoughts they think of, the, the unworthy, um, how much they have to, you know, compromise their morality in order to, they think, to be loved by others. The, the world, I'm telling you, 
it's, you can't deny it's there. You have to be open-eyed with it, but you come where people are. That's leadership. Where are they? And how do you help to shape them in a way that they know that they're never alone? And it's not just by you being there. It's by Christ being there, who died for them, was buried and rose again. That is a servant heart leadership that I am committed to. I'm following God and my, those that follow me, they're following him too through me if they're not on their own. And I know my staff is, you know? Yes. I, I love that. That's, it's so crucial, especially in just like you said, just the days that we're living in and, um, you know, there's a lot of good out there, but there's also a lot of bad and hard out there right now. And especially just, um, like you said, just the mental health issues. So I love to see you being a leader like that for this time, specifically for well, these female, Leah, you know, that the sport doesn't define you. It's something no, that you do, right. It's no not way. who you are. Absolutely. And the quicker I realized that it changed everything. It changed my, my purpose on the field and the bigger platform and, um, yeah, doing it for God's glory. And, and, you know, that just, it just gave me a whole different perspective. Okay. So we have the D now, um, dedication and drive. Um, we've, we've heard your passion throughout and I love it. Honestly, dot it's, it's a word I think of when I think of you as passion inspiration. Um, but just that dedication piece, what it was the, you know, maybe daily habit or what mattered most, like on, on a daily basis, because I really believe like we have, we talked about the goals, but how do you reach those goals? It comes down to what you do on a daily basis. So, um, what would you tell somebody that maybe has these goals? What are some habits that can help them on a daily basis? Well, prior prioritize your time, right? Um, God should be number one, right? Depending if you're married, then you got your spouse and your family. And, and then you look at, you know, your friends, your family, friends, but prioritize, but realize what it really takes to get there. Like, mm-hmm. Hey, everyone say, I want to be an Olympic gold medalist, <laughs> right? But are you willing to work and do what others may call sacrificing, but to you, it's not like you are driven, right? The drive to be your best. And then even a a drive to excel, to be even better. Right. I mean, that was the Olympic team, Mm -hmm. right? Like, like we, how many times did we win 118 in a row? We had no idea because we weren't playing for winning or losing. We're playing to be not even just great, but to put a stamp in the entire history of the game, right? When when you stepped on the field, it was like, I'm going to be greater than I was not yesterday, but then the last pitch, yes. that is a drive, man, that man, you got to have. And that's in business and life and everything, but to do it the right way, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of people, they'll do it, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. And they will step all over people mm-hmm. and they will lie and deceit and greed, all of these worldly things, right? But when you do it with honor, mm-hmm. humility, with a driven purpose, right? Um, to just excel to be your best, it's amazing how yeah. it all just together. It and is. It, it, yeah. A standard, a golden standard. It's a gold standard. It is. And and I think of that, like you're talking about the blessing of, of having it all like, yeah, we didn't just win and everybody couldn't stand each other, but guess what? We played our best as long as we did that. No, it was truly this caring and this, this atmosphere. It was the culture, right? It was the teamwork. It was the unity. It was, it was all of that to be able to say, and then our families that were there and the support that we had there, we didn't have to, you know, I mean, yeah, we spent a lot of time away from them and traveling, but at the same time, they were all there celebrating our biggest moments with us. And we knew that they were the reason we had these opportunities. Opportunities, right? I stood on that podium, you doing the same, your parents at a young 
young age, just supporting those talents that you have. Uh, everything you're saying, it just resonates, of course, because I lived it next to you. And I, I just see so much of myself and everything you're saying. And then just a final, you know, to, to wrap everything together. Um, what are three gold tips that you have for softball players specifically that you um, can share that can help them to live by the gold standard and to be their best on the field? Trust the gifts God's given you. Be prepared for the opportunities that will be presented before you. And third, play with a sense of freedom of expression of those gifts. Get out of your head, right? And just let your heart just flow over with a just truly living, you know, a passion for just truly feeling alive, expressing those gifts that you trust and you believe in. Uh, those would be my three big tips. And that is exactly how you played. And I think a lot of people, especially with social media and more eyes, I think a lot of that fear of failure and knowing it could be you know, shown everywhere. I think that's almost caused people to, um, just to lose that. And so I love that you share that because dot, I played with you and next to you and behind you in the outfield. And I saw you play with that freedom. Like you said that something you said, I, I wish people could just experience it. And that, that to me is what I hope these athletes that listen to this grab onto. So thank you so much for joining us here on the gold standard podcast. I'm so excited for everybody to hear your story. And, um, I hope you all take away some great tips because dot is amazing and gives just the best advice. Um, I promise you, you, you do what she says and you will live out the gold standard. So next time we'll see you here on the gold standard podcast. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the gold standard podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with a friend. You can post on social media and tag at Leah20USA or use hashtag gold standard podcast. Make sure you also subscribe so you get notified each week as a new episode releases. You can subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. We appreciate your reviews as they help encourage others to listen in. Until next time, live out the gold standard and keep turning your goals into reality.